Welcome to the Firmly Founded Teen, where teens are taught crucial life skills they are not teaching in school. I'm your host, Joey Massio. Now it's review time. Today's review comes from J.M. I hope I got all those Y's and M's correctly. J.M. said, extremely helpful. These are absolutely amazing. Joey is able to send an important message, all while keeping it lighthearted and humorous. His messages are also really inspiring and definitely worth listening to. Well, thank you so much, J.M. I try to keep things fun because, yeah, I agree. It makes things easier to listen to. If you would like your review read on the show, please leave me one on iTunes. It helps more people find the podcast and gets all these inspiring and humorous messages into the ears of the people who need them. And now, episode eight, Waiting Sucks. Waiting sucks. Like right now. How I'm making you wait for the end of the sentence. That probably drove you a little bit crazy. Steve Sow, the author of Designing and Engineering Time, says, uncertainty is a disease and information is usually the cure. I mean, why do you think we have loading bars and those circles that fill up when you're downloading something? It's to stop people from going into weight rage, right? Because time actually stretches when we get mad. And research shows that about half of you out there will abandon a website if it takes more than three seconds to load. That's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and you punch your computer. Well, right now, we're all playing the waiting game with pretty much zero information. And it's driving some people crazy. I've even heard it described as being like a prisoner in your own home. So I thought I'd share some useful tips from an actual prisoner of war, Commander James Stockdale. His story is crazy. He was a high-ranking fighter pilot shot down over Vietnam in enemy territory, and within 30 seconds of his parachute landing, he was severely beaten by 10 to 15 villagers uh, who were made to hate Americans. He was beaten so bad, his leg was broken. And multiple times over the seven years while he was in prison, he endured a very particular type of torture where your hands were tied behind your back really tightly and they were lifted up and you were essentially bent in half, uh, your face to your ankles, and it would cut off your body's circulation and cause severe pain and claustrophobia. Uh, That was called taking the ropes. He said, quote, these were the the sessions where we were made... uh, to take, be taken into submission and to blurt out distasteful confessions of guilt and American complicity into tape recorders and then to be put in what he called a cold soak, uh, a month or so of total isolation to contemplate our crimes. So essentially, new prisoners were made to shout uncle and admit shame and wrongdoing and then put into isolation for a month or two. The whole purpose of the prison he was in was to get them to break, 
to become sorry and to do it publicly while being filmed uh, and admit that America was wrong and weak. So after that welcoming experience, they'd be put in a cell block uh, with all the other prisoners, uh, feeling worthless like they betrayed their country. Uh, but other prisoners would let them know it was okay and that they were all put through that. And they would even say, quote, we're all in this together. Sound familiar to what's being said right now? Stockdale was the highest ranking soldier there. So he took command of the prisoners, of which there grew to be about over 400. All right, they used a tap code network to communicate where they would tap on the walls to each other to spell out words. Uh, they formed a social group, made laws and customs, and decided what they would let the guards do to them and what they would be tortured for for not letting them do. They developed support and community for, uh, from their own little lonely cells, all by themselves. Uh, and this community was built on things they could control. That kind of support encouraged one soldier during a torture session for information. So the guards wanted names of American soldiers who were against the war. So this prisoner told the guards about two pilots who had turned in their wings in opposition to the war. And their names were Lieutenant Clark Kent and Ben Casey, two fictional characters. So Vietnam aired it in their propaganda videos as a success. And when they found out that it was a joke, they put the soldier through four months of torture. But eventually the guards were sick of their antics and rounded up the 10 they determined to be the ringleaders, Stockdale included. And they were put into isolation for three to four years. Now, when asked which one was more effective, the torture or the long-term isolation, Stockdale said it was the isolation. Quote, you could get used to the reported or the repeated rope torture. There were some tricks for minimizing your losses in that game. But keep a man, even a very strong-willed man, in isolation for three or more years, and he starts looking for a friend, any friend, regardless of nationality or ideology, end quote. At length, the war was over, and they were released, and Commander James Stockdale was awarded the Medal of Honor. Stockdale's organization and support for one another in the prison was legendary, and gave the captured American troops something they could control in an uncontrollable situation. When they were finally released, one of the head prison guards said, you Americans were nothing like the French. We could count on them to be reasonable. His story has inspired one famous writer to coin something called the Stockdale Paradox, which goes like this. You must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. Essentially, know that something hard will end, but accept it while it's happening. Our situation and their situation are obviously different. However, there are some things we can learn from his story to help us get through our story. I've seen people express their frustration with the quarantine not ending on social media. Someone said, just knowing a date would be so helpful. 
but they can't give us a date. Dr. Anthony Fauci has repeatedly said, you don't make the timeline. The virus makes the timeline. But some people are making timelines in their heads. It better be over by May. It better be over by June. That is not helpful. After the war, Stockdale commented about some soldiers who did just this while they were prisoners. He called them the optimists, those who believed, quote, we're going to be out by Christmas, and Christmas would come, and Christmas would go. Then they'd say, we're going to be out by Easter, and Easter would come, and Easter would go. And then Thanksgiving, and then it would be Christmas again, and they died of a broken heart, end quote. Sound similar to what some of us are going through? When I heard this, I decided to change the way I thought about the end of this quarantine. Because what will happen when August or September comes and things aren't back to normal? You could feel like you are dying of a broken heart. A reporter has said that Stockdale's approach was to come up with a way of actually functioning in the circumstances in which he found himself so he could deal with that day in, day out, for as long as it went on. The goal is to not get angry or depressed, hopeful or dismal. It's to be somewhere in the middle. Right? That's where patience lives. The root word of patience is actually to suffer. So it's amazing that we sometimes picture being patient as some state of mind we could achieve where it becomes easy, even pleasant. Sarah Schnitker, an unfortunate last name, but she's a professor of psychology. She has said, patience is not minimizing the pain. It's holding the pain. Stockdale said he did this by separating everything into two files in his mind, things within his power and things without. I call these facts and thoughts. We want the problem, or we want to be problem solvers, but it's important to realize what is an actual problem. If you can't change it, it's not a problem. Problems can be solved. And our thoughts are something that can be changed. A problem that can't be changed is called a gravity problem. You can fight, protest, and try all you want, but you ain't ever going to get rid of gravity. Just like Stockdale was not going to get out of that prison before the war ended, and our world just isn't going to go back to normal anytime soon. In moments like this, when you're sick of waiting, we want to rebel. We want to stand up and fight and say, this is America. But it's important to know which area, which file in your brain you can put that energy to use in. And accepting the facts of your circumstances might seem like a form of just giving up or being weak. But which is more weak? Saying, I'll survive, I'll conquer in these areas that I can control. Or yelling till you're red in the face, down with gravity, it's unfair. Until you feel frustrated, broken, and helpless because nothing's changing. So yes, waiting does suck. Patience isn't easy, but focus on the things you can control. It doesn't mean the pain from being tortured will stop, but the anger and frustration about it can go away, and you can find a sense of normalcy and control in this uncontrollable time. I'm Joey Massio. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you have found this and other episodes helpful and you want more of it, then we need to talk. Speak to your parents and tell them that you want to sign up for a 30-minute one-on-one workshop with me. It's free and it's fun and it's going to help you better learn these awesome skills that will prepare you for life after high school because these skills are crucial to success in life. And you know what? Schools just aren't teaching them. Head over to firmlyfounded.com for more info.